God bless you all. You may be seated. Just a couple weeks ago, I complimented Brother Carlos's shirt, and today I got to compliment Tasha's shirt. It says, you can't cancel Jesus. Amen. Amen. People getting canceled left, right, and center, but you can't cancel Jesus. It's already been tried. Anybody here heard of the Roman Empire? They couldn't do it, and no one can do it today. His name is greater the gospel stronger he's mightier than any of the kingdoms of this world amen amen so good to have my friend brother Mirandy Chad Mirandy from Pennsylvania uh, he did bring one child who's in Sunday school right now his whole family was supposed to come and so I've instructed him to give his wife a very hard time when he gets home for missing out on the fellowship and being with us but once you welcome brother Mirandy as he comes to preach to us today I'm going to just give her a hard time right now. Tell her if she tunes into the live stream, she can feel bad about not being here. It's, uh, it's good to be here with Sister Canarium. Good to see her. Uh, she longtime member at Calvary and uh, my home church and uh, very close with the Canarium family all of my life. I uh, know them very, very well. Grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30 and verse 1. I apologize for not getting that to your uh, sound people, media people ahead of time. Um, but it's always good to be in Cleveland when you're from Pennsylvania. It's kind of a scary thing coming over here, you know, to the Cleveland area. You never know. You might get attacked, you know, when they see your Pennsylvania license plate. First thing they ask you is, are you a Steeler fan? You know, this year, with, it's not really much to be a Steeler fan. Um, hopefully, you know, hopefully the poor Baker Mayfield gets over his issues. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but it is, it is good to be with our friends, uh, uh, Dan and Sarah, and it's good to see uh, Bishop Deaton uh, back there with Maximus. Uh, we had a good time this weekend, so it's wonderful to be here with all of you. And uh, hopefully we have a good time in the Holy Ghost today. Amen? First Samuel 30 and verse 1, and then we're going to turn to Ecclesiastes, but unless you're in a uh, sword drill, you don't have to try to flip over there. I'll just read on through. First Samuel 30 and verse 1 says, It came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziglag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south in Ziglag and smitten Ziglag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept, until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess and Abigail the wife of Nabal the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him, because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and for his daughters. And then Ecclesiastes 3 and verse 3, "...to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven." A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. I want to preach today from the topic of when the world says it's time to cry. 
Let's put our Bibles down. Let's lower our heads. Let's lift our hands if you'd like. And let's pray and ask God's presence into this place. Lord Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your presence that we have felt thus far. Lord, I thank you for the anointing of the Holy Ghost that breaks every yoke. God, and lifts every heart. Lord, I pray for every person in this room today that their heart would be encouraged, that they would be strengthened, Lord, that they would walk out of this place with rejoicing on their lips today, that there would be an anointing come into this place and set every person free, deliver every captive, God, and do your perfect work in this room today. In the name of Jesus Christ, and everybody said amen. 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 Now... If you have children and they're young, they have this really good grasp of how to, I call it the art of crying. They've got it perfected. My children, they, they know how to cry when they want something. And they can instantly turn on the tear factory in their face as if the entire world is against them at that very moment. This precious child on the front row here, she's probably, what, less than two, maybe three years old. She's already got it figured out. I would imagine she's probably already got the cry figured out. When she wants something, now, now does she go to mom or dad? It's me in my house. They know who to come crying to when they, because mom, <laughs> she has no patience for that. But dad, Dad, I'm like tuned in. I hear a cry and it's like, it's like a perfect frequency. I, what's wrong, honey? But they know what to do. They've perfected that, that art of I just lost a limb in an accident kind of cry. And when you have three boys, the two older ones just fight like cats and dogs. It, I, am, I am constantly running from one room to the other to see what's happening, thinking that there's some injury, I'm going to walk into blood, uh, there, there's something bad happened. With that kind of cry, it's got to be a bad situation, but then you walk in and they're just fighting over a Nintendo game or something. They're real tears, but they're fake cries, right? That's, they've got it figured out. We know that crying is, is weeping or mourning, sobbing. It, real crying now. Real crying is weeping or mourning and sobbing in a place of emotional exasperation. It's when you reach the end of your, you know, sometimes, ever, ever, anybody ever held it together for a while and then something just happens and that last straw falls on the camel's back and bam, you, the tears just come and, and you begin to cry, you begin to mourn and, and it takes over and crying is an outward illustration of the, the heart reaching the end of its rope. If there's ever been an appropriate time in all of our lives, and I, I think I can say that, whether you're a young person or whether you have been living this life for the last 50 years, it's not, none of, nobody across that spectrum could deny the fact that the time that we live in right now, it would be highly appropriate, and the world feels this way. It is a time to cry, a time to weep, a time to mourn, the day that we're living in right now. It is one of the most difficult multi-year stretches of our existence that we have ever experienced. It is the last two years of our lives. No one 
would accuse anyone here of being over-emotional or crying crocodile tears if they had an emotional breakdown right now. And how many of you know, I know some people that over the last two years have had an emotional breakdown throughout this whole entire thing that we've been going through, and it ain't over yet. So we're going to have to figure out our way through this, and that's what I'm preaching about today. We, no one would accuse that person of... Of, of having something wrong with them emotionally if they just, they just broke a little bit. And I, I've broke a little bit. I've, I've dealt with my children. I, if you've ever want to, I'm sure most of you that have kids that are of that school age did it last year. My Lord, homeschooling your children will try a man's patience. And you, you, you have a boy that's on the autism spectrum. It, it'll, it'll teach you how to how to be a man, and I cried some tears driving down the road about how I'm going to deal with this, and we can recognize those various factors that we have been through that have pushed us into the time frame of weeping and mourning, economic upheaval, employment uncertainty, personal and family health fears have all contributed to the world initiating a time of weeping. And if you turn on the news, I was having breakfast this morning and the great doctor was on there talking about what we should be doing. He was, and I'm not saying he was saying that we should all be crying, but there's the idea that we're still in this time of weeping and mourning and, and struggle and strife. And, and the world is telling the church that you ought to, you ought to be crying. You ought to be weeping. You ought to be fearful. You ought to be, you ought to be down in the dumps because of what's going on. The world is saying they're establishing what time it is and that it's a time to cry. Don't get me wrong, the Bible says it. There is a time to weep. And the world is not necessarily wrong for saying that there are periods of time that we should be mourning and dealing with weeping. If Raise your hand if you've lost someone to COVID. Lost someone just recently, 44 years old, friend of mine, hard to believe, was somewhat reasonably healthy, and he died in his sleep with COVID. And, and I, it, it's something that I, there's a time to weep. A young man lost his life, and the world's not necessarily off kilter because it says it's a time to cry. To everything there is a season, and to a time to every purpose under heaven. But we also know that God's timing and God's positioning and God's plan is not the world's timing and the world's plan. The church does not run by the world's schedule. When the world says that it is time to cry, it should not be the time that the church comes in agreement with the world. The Bible tells us that the church is enmity against the flesh. The church is against the world. We ought not to be in the world or be like the world or want to be in agreement with the world. When the world says it's time to cry, we need to be looking for what God says it's time to do. We as individuals are in the world. We understand that the world may see things one way. And the church in most cases, I would say in almost every case that this comes up, the church should have a vastly different view of things. I believe that it was the prophet Elisha 
whose servant was filled with fear, asking Elisha, how shall we do? And when the armies were arrayed against them, he was filled with fear and began to tremble. And Elisha responded by saying, they that be with us, I feel the Holy Ghost, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha asked God that he would open the servant's eyes so that he could see the army of God prepared to fight for them. We may be in a time where the world says we should be crying, but I do not feel like weeping this morning. I do not feel like becoming, finding a place of mourning this morning. I feel like looking unto the hills from whence cometh my help. I am not going to live by the dictates of a carnal, lost world. I am going to live by the edict of heaven, which says I am a blood-bought, delivered, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost child of God it was the army of Israel and David's brothers who feared and doubted the power of God in the face of the giant Goliath no doubt there were men in their foxholes that day listening to the to Goliath declare his edict against the armies of the living God. There were those weeping in their foxholes about how their families were going to become slaves to the Philistines. But the truth of the matter is there was one David who was not afraid of the sword and the spear of a giant. David who refused to call him. If you look through the scripture, he never one time referred to Goliath as a giant. He said, you might be come against me in, in, in with a sword and a spear but I come to you in the name and power and authority of the Lord. It is a complete dichotomy when you look at the situation. A man raised from his youth with a sword in his hand. A giant by stature with a spear in his hand that no man could defeat but a young boy. The Bible says ruddy and of a fair complexion. The world would have never looked at David and said he's going to beat that giant. But when David walked out there with a tried and true method in his back five smooth stones that he had proved in the wilderness working with God and he said just as he had delivered the lion and the bear into my hand he's going to deliver this Philistine into my hand the world might want me to cry and weep but I'm not living with a God that lives on the world's timing I find it comical that the very sword of it that the men of Israel were afraid to face was the same sword that David pulled out of the sheath of that giant and chopped his head off on that battlefield. I'm telling you, we got to get out of the mourning. We got to get out of the weeping. We got to get out of the crying and realize that we are not fighting alone in this world. We are not by ourselves, but we've got God on our side. Hallelujah. Yes, the church today. There is a time to cry, there's a time to weep, and a time to mourn, but that is not established by the world. When the world says, it's time to cry. This message was born when the Lord put a song, not all that long ago, in my mind. It's an old song. Sister Canarium, you probably remember, I would imagine that uh, I could probably bring Brother Harold up here and have him play the beat to this old song. So I got an old Jewish beat to it. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Messiah's come and he brought life and he put laughter into my soul. 
Come let us sing. Hallelujah. Let us rejoice. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Messiah's come and he brought life and he put laughter into my soul. I am not on the world's time schedule. I will rejoice in the Lord of my salvation. I will allow my eyes to see my salvation drawing nigh. Everywhere we look right now, the world's narrative is that it is time to cry. I believe that God right now needs to shift us from the view of the world and He has sent me here to help us lift our teary eyes from off of the world's problems and lift our eyes to the answer. The answer being the Jesus that we love and we serve. Isaiah 55 tells us that His ways and His thoughts are not... Lord, want to encourage somebody this morning. I feel him in this house right now. This perception of our situation, Isaiah, Isaiah told us that his ways are higher than our ways. And his ways and thoughts are not our thoughts. His perception of COVID is a completely different outlook than mine. He does not see things the way I see them or the way the world sees them. And I have got to humble myself and submit myself to his will because there is an outlook that goes beyond the next year or two of our lives. There is an outlook coming that is one of revival. And it is one of victory. And it is one of growth. And we've got to see beyond the current status quo. Our current situation has attempted to box us into this place of fear and doubt but the spirit of God here in this room today is saying come let us sing let us rejoice come let us sing let us rejoice you see when the Israelites found themselves when the Jews found themselves in Nazi camps concentration camps they used to mock them and make fun of them because they would sing their songs even in captivity they would sing their songs of rejoicing even though they were being butchered and battered and beaten and that mantra of the Jews goes all the way back to their history in the Old Testament of their times of captivity it goes back to an old jailhouse where two apostles sat and they were in captivity and they took their chains and began to jangle them and they began to sing praises and pray unto God and suddenly there was a great earthquake in their situation and it set them free and it set everyone in the jailhouse free. I gotta stop looking at my problem and stop living in the molly grubs and in the morning. And I gotta come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. My Messiah's come and he brought life and he put laughter into my soul. It would have been enough if he brought life it would have been enough if he brought joy. It would have been enough if he brought peace. But he's put laughter into my soul. Let's lift our hands. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I feel the power of God moving on somebody's life. Hallelujah. 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 
It is not God's will that you leave this place this morning down in the dumps and sorrowful and weary and weepy. It is not God's will this morning that you utter the praises of Him who has saved you. That you lift up your voice though we walk in darkness. I have seen a great light. There may be darkness around me, but there is a ray of hope. There is a light of hope in His name is Jesus Christ today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When pastor might remember this when we were in Bible college pastor Paul Mooney was preaching one Sunday night and he began to tell a story about how he had been on a missions trip to India and that time in India there was incredible and there still is in many parts of India tremendous human suffering in that country The missionary took him on a tour of the city where they were living and starting a church and doing a work. Took them on a drive around the city and showed them different points of interest. And they drove past an area that really wasn't a point of interest. They looked over on the side of the road and Pastor Mooney said, my eyes fell on You know, we don't see them here much in America. They're usually rather hidden. But he said, I looked and there was just as far almost as the eye could see, there was a trash dump just rolling through the countryside. And he said, I asked him to stop. And we we stopped and got out of the car. And you could see actual roads through the trash dump. And he said, as I began to look and my eyes began to adjust, he Almost in my mind, I was seeing every one of those pictures that has the painting and it doesn't look like anything but a bunch of mess. And when you get really close to it and then you start to back away, the picture comes into focus. And he said, as my eyes began to focus all this trash and all this stuff, he said, I noticed that there were little huts in the trash dump. And I began to ask the missionary what this was. And he said, well, there are there's such tremendous poverty in this country that People actually live in the trash dump. I can't imagine the human suffering, the difficulty of life, living in a trash dump. Brother Mooney said, as we were sitting there, there was a giant mound of dirt, or dirt, there was a giant mound of trash behind the houses. The little huts. And he said, while we were there, two little girls came running out of one of the houses. And they ran up on top of this giant mound of trash. And he said, as we were sitting there, they began to hold hands. And they began to dance. And they began to jump around and laugh and giggle and have a fun time in the middle of the dump. In the middle of the trash. His point that day was that if those two little girls living in the most unimaginable filth and just difficulty of life, if they could find joy and rejoice in their circumstances, there is no reason that we cannot rejoice our way through whatever it is that we are going through here today. 
The title of his message that night was Dancing Your Way Through Life. And I have lived with that message for the majority of my adult life now. And I learned that if I will rejoice when the world thinks I should be crying, if I will rejoice in the face of adversity, I will find myself an overcomer. I will find myself most victorious because God is drawn to them that are of a broken spirit and a contrite heart. And when I begin to worship God, it pulls back the veneer of my flesh and it pulls back the facade of who I pretend to be. And it shows God the, real, the raw reality of my circumstances and He is drawn to my need when I begin to worship Him and I begin to declare that He is Lord over my life. First Samuel told us the story of David and Ziglag. David and the people were weeping, the Bible says. They wept until they had no more power to weep. The soul of the people, it says, were grieved for their children. David and those people, those men, had every right to weep. The world wasn't wrong. It was a time to cry. It was a time to weep until you had no... They had lost everything. They had lost everyone they cared about. It was all gone. The people even had the right to murmur that it was all David's fault. They had the right to do that. It's what the world does. They look for someone to blame. They find a culprit and we've got to make them pay. We've got to cancel them. We've got to cancel Jesus. We've got to take care of this situation. I can't imagine the feelings that David was experiencing there sitting in Ziklag. Lost it all. Quite possibly about to lose his life. But David gave us the answer of what to do when the world tells us it's time to cry. 1 Samuel verse 30 and 6. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. In the middle of grief, in the middle of loss, in the middle of uncertainty. Having no knowledge that they were alive and well, he begins to encourage himself in the Lord his God. He even goes as far as to call for the priest and says, bring me the ephod. The ephod, the garment of praise. He even calls for that ephod that signifies he was entering into a time of worship. He began to say, come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. When living in this life, it tells you to cry and weep. You need to know it's time to see your Messiah drawing nigh. There is a time and a season to everything in life. And the world doesn't get to tell me which season I'm going to be in. It may think I should be weeping, but I will be laughing. They may think I should be mourning, but they're going to find me dancing my way through life. It would have been enough if he brought life. He did. He did bring life to me. It would have been enough if he brought joy to me. And he has brought joy to me. It would have been enough if he brought peace, which he has done for us. But he put laughter into my soul. I know this message is the antithesis of what our flesh tells us about our current status. 
I get that. I understand this is the complete opposite. But I think about David sitting there having lost everything. And possibly maybe his life. But can you imagine those around him? Can you imagine those around him seeing David begin to get excited? David beginning to worship the Lord? Can you imagine what they were... Who is this guy? What is he doing? Seriously, David, right now? Your wives are gone. Your children are gone. They're probably dead or soon to be. What do you have to be worshiping about? I tell you what he had to be worshiping about. is because he knew. He said, what should I do? Should I pursue and recover? What should I do? And God said, pursue and recover all. He had something to rejoice about. Because he had a word from God. Because he had a word of deliverance. And I've come to you today to give you a word of deliverance over your problems. And give you a way out. And a way of escape from your mourning and your weeping. It's time, church, to begin to rejoice in the Lord your God. Bring me the ephod, he said. David steps outside of the time frame given to him by the world and he encourages himself in the Lord and he steps into a place where he can receive an answer from God, pursue, recover all. My feelings, my initial emotions, my initial feelings might be to weep for what is surrounding me. My initial feeling may be to have fear for my family. But I have found it true that if I praise my way through the problem, I can see a victory for me and my family. When adversity comes, my flesh becomes more reserved. That's my flesh. When I'm dealing with something, I tend to sit back and I, my flesh draws me away from the altar. My flesh draws me, I've seen it over and over and over again. People once on fire for God, they go through a little bit of adversity, a challenge in their life. Maybe not a little bit, maybe a lot. But instead of seeking the altar further, instead of worshiping more, instead of rejoicing more, they sit back and they become more and more quiet and reserved. And they lose that passion and desire to rejoice in the Lord their God. And the more they hold back, it's like a vicious cycle. The more they hold back, the less they feel. The more they hold back, the less victory they have. The more they hold back and become more and more reserved in their worship, the more the problems exacerbate and compound until a lot of times they don't even come to church anymore and sometimes I look at people and I wonder why are you here you haven't lifted a hand or raised a shout unto God in a long time and you wonder why you have no victory you wonder why you have no deliverance it's time somebody it is time to get out the hanky and dry those tears from your eye and begin to lift that hanky unto the Lord and say okay God I am done living this way I am done being depressed I am done being under the cloud of my problems and I know that you are a sovereign Lord over my life and I am going to let you have the victory. I'm going to let you have the glory. I'm going to let you have the honor. I'm going to give you all the praise that you are worthy of. I'm done Lord. I'm done fighting it by myself. I'm done trying to win my own way and I'm going to win your way. Then come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Let's all stand over this place right now. Let's lift our hands and begin to lift our voices. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Come let us sing, let us rejoice. Messiah's come, and he brought life, and he put laughter into my soul. Back in the day when I was a child, 
There was a, an old man, Brother Arthur. When we would sing that song, because there's another verse to that song that's not really words. And Brother Arthur would get really excited. And he could yell really loud. We got somebody else that can do that here. One or two. And the keyboard and the organ were over here. And he'd get about right there. And he'd start doing the other verse to that song, which is, ha, 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 ha. Because sometimes I don't have words for my situation. Sometimes I don't have an answer to scream in the devil's face. I, don't, I, can't, I can't make everything change. I can't scream at my government and make them change. But I'll tell you what I can do. I can begin to laugh at the ruling class of our world. I can begin to laugh in the face of the, the problems that the world has made and the world can't fix. Because I know the one that can fix it for me. I know the one that can take care of it for me. And I'm going to laugh at what the world's telling me to do. And I'm going to rejoice in the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul. I'm going to let my children see this scripture. There's a part of that scripture where David, the Bible says that he went and they said, don't touch it. That's David's spoil. Those are David's spoils. When they won the victory over Ziglag and he pursued and they recovered all, he recovered more than was lost initially. Yes. And the yes. Bible says that there were some friends of his that needed something. And he took from the spoils that he got from that, that victory and he was able to provide the needs to those of his friends that had a need after the victory. See, we've got people that are watching us in our misery. I've got people that have watched me be depressed. I've got people that have watched me weep and mourn and sadness and sorrow. And they, I have something that they can receive when I get my victory. When I get more back than what I lost. I feel like there's some years of my family from my brother and my sisters that are backslidden. There are some victories that are going to happen in my city. When they return to God, when they come back, I'm going to get back to church. The kingdom of God is going to get back more than what we lost. And there are going to be people that are connected to those individuals that are going to be blessed by a victory that they didn't actually win themselves yeah. but because I said I will rejoice in the Lord my God and I am not going to cry I'm going to shout I'm not going to weep I'm going to rejoice it's going to bring victory and provision for someone else's life Psalms 30 strengthens us that weeping only endures for a short night but there is a time where mourning turns into dancing, where sorrow is turned into joy. Our Messiah has come, and He has brought everlasting life. It would have been enough if He did all those things. But for me, it is enough. If He never does another thing for me, I'm going to give Him praise. I'm going to honor Him with the fruit of my lips. I'm going to praise Him until the cows come home. I'm going to praise Him until the eastern sky splits and He brings me out of this world. I may be living like those two little girls in a trash heap. I don't know about you, but everywhere I look, there's all kinds of garbage. We were in the restaurant right over here this morning and there was a man upset, walked in, and he was angry, yelling at the owner about something, and there was an altercation. There is trash everywhere around me that I've got to deal with, but I know that if I can get with one or two, 
two of my friends, my fellow laborers in the kingdom of God. We can dance our way through life. It's not time for me to become less friendly with those in the church. It's time for me to become more friendly. It's time to me to be more of a community with the kingdom of God and begin to dance our way through this life. And there is going to come a day that the trumpet is going to sound and I'm going to be resurrected out of here a new creature completely with a new body and a new outlook on life never surrounded by another piece of trash ever again and I'm not calling people trash I'm calling the attitudes trash I'm calling the, the stuff trash those people need saved they need Jesus but their attitude I can't take the way things are in this world it's a struggle but I know that I'm coming out of this world one day we can leave this room today rich in spirit, recovered in soul, and set free from the mindset of mourning. And I close with this today. Philippians 4 and 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God, which we sang about earlier, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Prayer, supplication, we got those down. We know how to pray. We know how to ask God for things. But it's mixed with what? It's mixed with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is praise that acknowledges God's ability to provide. When you shun the world's call to mourning and engage in the Spirit's call to rejoice, it shifts the atmosphere from prayer and supplication to a place of thanksgiving. And what I want us to do this morning as we open the altar, I would like for us to gather, if you will, at the front today with a spirit of thanksgiving. We shift from a spirit of prayer and supplication, of mourning and weeping, to a position of thanksgiving and honoring and rejoicing. And see our answer be, a, be coming down from God. It is not found in my mourning. My answer in my recovery is not found in my understanding. It is found in the rejoicing of into a God that we know can deliver. Break out of the mold of my typical response. And I have got to enter in with thanksgiving into the courts of God. Lord, let's lift our hands as they begin to play and sing today. I encourage you to begin to rejoice in the Lord your God and give Him the praise that He is worthy of. If you need the Holy Ghost today or you need a deliverance in your life, this is the time to break out and get into a mode of rejoicing and worship. To show God through the power of thanksgiving that you are grateful for His mercy and His forgiveness. And I promise you, if you will lift your hands and begin to worship God right now, that you will receive an answer today. There can be a deliverance in this place today from weeping and mourning into a position and a place and a time of rejoicing. Come let us sing together. Let us rejoice together. Let us shake off the shackles of fear right where we are this morning and begin to worship the Lord in pure love and trust in Him in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, I see the trash around me, but I know that you're with me. You know that I'm not alone. 
that I can dance my way through this life, that I can rejoice my way all the way until I go to heaven. I don't have to wait till I get there to praise. I don't have to wait till I'm in his presence visibly to give him worship, but I can give him praise right now. I can give him worship right now. Let's clap our hands. Let's lift our hands. Let's open our mouths. Let's exalt the Lord. Let's exalt him today. Find somebody to rejoice with. Find somebody to praise with. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in Him. You are the God of my salvation. You are my help in a time of trouble. Though the world be against me, you are for me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for the Lord is with me. You are my rock. You are the Lord, strong and mighty. You are the strong tower that the righteous run into and they are safe. See, we've got a God that's more than enough. He's more than capable. And there are those in this place that have experienced Him and that know that He is more than enough. Let's sing this morning. Let's rejoice this morning. Hallelujah. Come, let us sing. Let us rejoice. Come, let us sing. Let us rejoice. Messiah's come and he's brought life and he put laughter into my soul. Come, let us sing. Let us rejoice. Come, let us sing. Let us rejoice. Messiah's come and he's brought life and he put
one more time, church. Come, let us sing. Come, let us sing. Let us Before we close everything down for today, I want to invite everyone who will and who's willing to come forward. There's plenty more room here. We're going to sing this song one more time, maybe two more times. If you feel comfortable, I don't want to uh, put the spotlight on you, but uh, you're among friends. You're among family. And friends and family sometimes sing. Amen? Oh, don't be bashful on me. I know if you're in the car and Billie Jean comes on the radio... You start singing along and grooving along. And I just want us as a church family to do that together for just a minute. Is that all right? Amen. Someone say it out loud. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Will you sing it as loud as you can? Don't worry about singing on key. It's all right. In a safe space. Let's sing this simple song one more time. Amen. Come let us sing. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. Come let us sing. Come let us sing. Let us rejoice. Let us rejoice. Messiah's come. And he's brought life. And he put laughter into my soul. great message and a great application for the next time you see one of these politicians or doctors on TV. <laughs> Just laugh at them. 
<laughs> Amen. Amen. So glad that Brother Morandi could be here with us. Really, really appreciate this message of encouragement. Amen, 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 amen. As we are dismissed today, be sure to greet someone in the Holy Ghost. Shake uh, the preacher's hand and be blessed this week. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your wonderful, sweet presence we feel here today and for the ministry of the Word. I said you would go with us. Help us to take this seriously. Take it with us in our hearts and in our words and in every step that we take, Lord. Whomever we speak with, be with us and let us spread the joy of the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you. You're all dismissed in the name of the Lord. Come and let us sing. Come and let us sing. Come and let us sing to the King of Kings. Come and let us sing. Come and let us sing. Come and let us sing to the King of Kings. Oh, come and let us sing. Come and let us sing. Come and let us sing to the King of Kings. Come and let us sing. Come and let us sing. Come and let us sing to the King of Kings. Enter his gates with thanksgiving into his court.